and gentlemen and welcome to the end zone militia thanksgiving game day preview with i'm your host isaiah markle with my co-host phil snow the stats guy i'm the snowman and just remember that stats are cool i'm with mr exclusive himself riley weaver what's up i'm back with cj spradlin what's up and we got two very special guests we got the scott barrett Greetings and salutations. <laughs> and uh, this is pure on his request. Uh, a very, very extra special guest, Seth Atkinson. Welcome. How's it going? All right. So we got a very interesting Liberty Center uh, South Range game. But before we get to that, Phil, I believe you got some some games for us. Yeah, you know, I just I thought you know since we only have technically one area team to cover here, I wanted to throw some other games just around. You know, we don't have to. Predict the scores or anything, but we can, you know, tell, pick a winner if we want. The uh, in Division Seven, State Final Four, the four seed, ten and four, Lima Central Catholic Thunderbirds will play, <laughs> will play the five seed, eleven and three, New Bremen, uh, a MAC team. That game is at Wapakoneta, uh, a team that you know Lima Central Catholic likes to be physical, quarterback driven team. He, he's good in the run, good in the passing game. Uh, and then you got New Bremen, who's just a really explosive offense, can really spread it around with a quarterback. Uh, so it could be a very, very high-scoring game. So I just thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, I don't know if anybody yeah. else wants to chime in, but uh, when you're talking you know, this deep, obviously some things are going well. You know, Lima Central Catholic, maybe a little overlooked, mm-hmm. you know, coming in with four losses, but you know, really uh, demonstrated their toughness against a really, a really solid Antwerp team. Last in Saturday. the snow, um, did we mention New Bremen during the season as a kind of a big league statistic for the MAC during the season uh, for between Marion Local, Coldwater, and New Bremen? Going well, to that, well, there uh, New Bremen is actually the team that beat Coldwater to stop them from getting their eleven for eleven regional titles, and that was a couple years ago. So mm-hmm. New Bremen's definitely a, a team to be reckoned with, and I think that one's going to be a pretty good game. Absolutely. Uh, any of you guys got any hot takes on that one? I think I personally think, uh, given that how Lima Central did what they did against Antwerp, um, I personally think that uh, I think Lima Central can possibly pull up the upset here uh, against uh, New Bremen against a Mac school. Um, mo- most of the time, you don't see up uh, most of the time around this around Final Four area or regional title or once you get to the state title. Once you hear you're going against a Mac school, most people already indicate who's going to win the game. Uh, I got. I personally think that Lima Central is going to win this one. Um, and it's going to be. It's going to be a close game. I think it will come down to a field goal, possibly. So, um, uh, CJ, you got anything for this, bud? You know, last week I predicted Lima Central Catholic to win. I think I was the only one to predict them to win. Yes, you were. Um, so I think I'm going to go with them again. I'm not too sure about the score, but I'm going to go with them again. All right, all right. Do you guys, uh, do my special guest got anything? I know you don't. (laughs) Scott, you got anything for us? It's just hard to go against the MAC. I mean, they they are tested week in and week out. Um, You know, and I think if you look at the scores, they played Coldwater very well. I mean, Marion Local is the class of that league this year, but I I would, you know, if I had to put money and go to Vegas on something, I'm going to go with the MAC 95% of the time. And New Bremen is explosive, as Phil said. Agreed. And I just think that they're uh, 
their competitive schedule, strength of schedule, just outweighs any other thing that LCC can bring to the table, in my view. Absolutely. Seth, you got anything? Um, I watched the Gibsonburg-Antwerp game. It was a different game because of the weather with uh, Antwerp-LCC. But I'll go LCC. <laughs> all right, all right. Riley, honestly, you say you got nothing, but <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> After what I've been hearing, I would probably go with the Mac. Okay. All right. Mac and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go with the mac and cheese. <laughs> Phil, did you already go go with your score uh, with your prediction already or not? No, yet? I I I think Scott makes a good point. I think New Bremen has a really tough schedule and they're battle tested. The only other team outside of a MAC conference that might have a tougher schedule than those guys might be Lima Central Catholic. Uh, you know, Defiance County Schools earlier in the year. I think Warren JFK is also a team they play. They're kind of one of those non-denomination schools. I don't think they have a league, uh, to what I was reading anyway. So like an independent high school? Yeah, they're kind of like an independent, yeah. So they play a lot of different teams. Uh, They had a really tough schedule as well, but uh, when it comes down to it, I I also think Mac is just too tough. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're like 29 years in a row now that they've had a team uh, in the Final Four. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, 25 years or something like that. It was like a, it was two teams in the final four. So just crazy. Obviously, Mary Lobo's got to be one of them. I, I, yeah, I think uh, New Bremen, New Bremen pulls this off in the end. So. One thing I would comment if I could, guys, since I'm here, I would oh, just absolutely. say that in the preparation for Coldwater, you looked at the MAC and their top three teams were very good. Mm-hmm. The rest of the MAC were ordinary to below average. Yep. There were there were some bad seasons in there. Like Saint Henry had a bad year, a two and eight. I Anna think also. I think Anna as well. I think Delphus Parkway, Fort Recovery. Yeah, those guys did not have the kind of season that a typical top to bottom MAC team has. With that being said, their poor you know records and their poor seasons aren't really reflective of how deep the tradition and the culture is in those schools. Absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. So Phil, what's your next one? Other games uh, going right back to the MAC. Uh, Number one seed, fourteen and zero, Marion local. Versus the five seed, twelve and two, Columbus Grove. This game being played at Lima Spartan Stadium. Uh, Columbus Grove coming off of a very good win against Columbia, like we said in the preview. Uh, Forty-two offensive plays for seventy-seven yards for Columbia. So, you know, Columbus Grove with a really good defense. Not sure if their offense is going to be able to score against Marion Local. Eight straight shutouts for Marion Local. Uh, have not allowed a point since week six against Versailles when they gave up seven points. So uh, their defense is the real deal, and they're coming off of a 55 win uh, over <laughs> Allen East. So, uh, you know, Columbus Grove, you know, we, we you we know, Dave and I kind of talked, yep. we'll talk in the interview a little bit about that, but uh, Dave and I kind of talked about they have a, a sophomore running back that's kind of come on for them a little bit. This is Grove, right? Uh, yeah, Columbus Grove. Uh, you know, Marion Locals just all spread out. They do not have a thousand yard rusher. Their quarterback has under a th- just over a thousand yards passing, if he even has that. So uh, they're just very spread out. Very hard to predict with what they're going to do. They don't really have tendencies. They spread it around. You don't know what they're going to give you. Uh, and they, I mean, they do a really nice. They have playmakers all over the field. Uh, a team game. It reminds me a lot of Liberty Center. You know, just a lot of weapons, a lot of different ways you can be attacked. Uh, and a different different ways that they can set you up. So I think uh, this is kind of uh, can Columbus Grove's offense score enough points against 
Marion local stout defense. Okay, so given recent history, and I think how many points did they give up in the playoffs so far for Marion Zero. local? Zero? Zero. Four shutouts. <laughs> okay so wow um well i've seen mary local play twice in my lifetime in person once uh against patrick henry uh well actually twice against patrick henry first one was when uh i believe donnie johnson was that that was 2016 right cj i think you're correct yeah. in 2016 they played Marion local um that was a slaughter uh um, Bad, tough, it was a very bad yeah. game to watch. And then the other game I watched, um, I think it was a few years, um, I think it was 2019, I believe, when PH had a rematch with Marion Local again in the uh, in the playoffs. And me and my friend Babs, we were just standing there like, man, is that the whole entire team? Like, nah, it, you're, you're like it's Division 7. It, yeah, that's got to be the whole entire team. I was wrong. Uh, next thing I know, I see a huge-ass armada of players just coming out of the locker room. Okay, and like, okay. This game's over with. But the one thing I was shocked, PH hang with them for one quarter. <laughs> one quarter! And actually, it had hopes. Mm. But um, obviously, though, uh, Marion Local's depth, uh, just their play style, the physicality that they bring to the table, and, all, and like Phil said, all their weapons that you just don't know what they're going to do. Um, I don't think Columbus Grove stands a chance against these guys at all, given that Marion Local... Marion Local has how many ones? Like, what, 10 of the 11 last state titles? No, 10 of the last 11 regional championships. Okay, are thank you. Uh, they've won. Uh, Do we know how many state eight, titles? Eight state championships. Eight state championships. Yeah. Two um, runner up. Okay. Um, so, give, we all know how Columbus Grove played last year. They, they were picked to win state last year, and obviously Liberty hand, handed it to them pretty well. Uh, but I don't think Grove stands a chance in this game. I think it's going to be a, it's going to be it's going to get bad quickly. Um, yeah, yeah, I stole your words. You're welcome, Phil. Uh, I think it's, this is going to be a bad game. But hey, you played the game for a reason. You don't play the game on paper. Marion Local can play a hor- absolutely horrible, and Columbus Grove somehow sticks in. But I highly doubt seeing that. So I'm going. I think Marion Local is going to win this. And another shutout. Give me a 56 nothing. 56? 56 nothing <laughs> flyers. I think it's going to be that bad. CJ? You know, I don't know much about Columbus Grove. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, we all know about Marion Local. So I got them winning this pretty easily. Score? Can't give you a score because I'm not too sure what it's going to be. But it's going to be ugly, I bet. All right. Scott, uh, I don't. This this one's easy. There's no prep work needed on this game. Uh, you, you appreciate Columbus Grove, and we're kind of rooted with Rex Lingren and some um, some relatives with Rex and Rex's wife. You know, have a lot of have a lot of people there in that community. They're a good football community, but they're they don't stand a chance here. I, I believe um, Marion Local will win the state championship, and this will be a very small blip on their screen. I mean, name your score, and Columbus Grove probably will not score a touchdown. Gotcha, Seth. I'm gonna go. Uh... Columbus Grove. Really? Yeah, the- oh, really? <laughs> Counterculture. Counterculture guy, man. Counterculture. I'll go 7 6. Uh, local's going to miss an extra point. Why not? Do not take him to Vegas. <laughs> You're lucky it. our actual main soundbites that we use are not working because we got Donald Trump saying, You're fake news. <laughs> and uh, awesome. I apologize, but that's the things that people say. <laughs> so, 
That's awesome. Riley? Uh, I have to go with Marin Local. Okay. To win. So you're the oddball out of this <laughs> one. <laughs> that's terrible. If it happens, that's crazy. I don't have a score if Seth somehow, if Seth somehow <laughs> gets this yeah. right, if mm, Seth somehow gets right. this right, he's truly affiliated with the mafia. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt. There's no way. There is no way. Columbus Grove is going to hold Marion Local to six <laughs> points. Remember, it was a mixed extra point. That's the key, right? <laughs> that okay. mixed, they, they're going to block it, or is Seven, it just six, a flat out miss? Straight miss. Call a block. Right? <laughs> push it right. They're going to push that right <laughs> stick. That could be for offside, and they're going to be back. <laughs> 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 All the way to like the forty-yard line. Yeah, yeah, or they might go for two offside. and just miss that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, like I said, though, if Seth gets this right. He is a part of the mafia, mm-hmm. no doubt in my mind. Come on, so uh, we don't we don't have to pick these games, but this one's on Friday. Uh, three seed, thirteen and one, Toledo Central Catholic against uh, Kings Miles Kings. I, I've never heard of this team. This game is also at Wapa, so they're hosting Friday and Saturday. Uh, and then in Division Three, the meme team, Tampa Canoe, Tampa Canoe. Uh, we'll play <laughs> against Carol. So we'll play against Carol Bloom, uh, and then. Across the uh, semifinals in Division Six, you got uh, the one seed fourteen and zero Kirtland against the one seed Beverly Fort Fort Fry, uh, and that one is a key to mention because they will play the winner of Marion Local Columbus Grove, uh, which would set up a potential uh, Marion Local Curtain Kirtland Colossus matchup, uh, which would be. <laughs> it's not happening, Seth. It's um, not happening. Like I said, a potential Marion local Kirtland matchup in the state championship game, which would be uh, one for the ages. Uh, you know, normally, those teams are knocking other people out, so it'd be interesting to see how that game would go. So, all right, take it away, host. All right, now we're on to the greatest division in the old state of Ohio, Division Five. We got. Our undefeated NWL champions, regional champions, Liberty Center Tigers playing against um South Range. Yeah, never heard of the them. Raiders. <laughs> the Raiders uh, against the South Range Ranger. Ra- <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, Raiders. So uh, this is gonna be both both teams undefeated. Uh, this is gonna be a very interesting a very interesting game for. For both teams, uh, from what Phil said in the preview, this is an Elmwood team on steroids. And from when we were talking before we started recording, uh, Scott said they got all they're an all around team, correct? Yeah, I mean, you have twenty seniors, you have a Hall of Fame coach in his twenty eighth year, and they they play defense. What's so, up, Zach? Big Zach. <laughs> yes, so Zach. Special team specialist. <laughs> yes, sir. All right, go. sorry about Scott. No, I just to your point. I mean, it, this is com- is a complete of a team we've seen a number of years. So yeah, uh, this is gonna. Uh, I think it was on the news. I saw this on Facebook. Shockingly, I was on Facebook and I saw this on my feed. Miraculously, somehow, I'm rarely on my Facebook feed. That tells you how young I am. Uh, <laughs> I don't even have Facebook. <laughs> Did I ask you? What's Facebook? Yeah, what's Facebook? Do you got a MySpace? I got yeah, a MySpace. <laughs> there you go. So, but uh, just the uh, South Range is pulling. Uh, ironically, this is the state championship anniversary game. Well, anniversary season. And uh, 
who was the team? It was a uh, John F. Kennedy. No, it was Warren JFK. Warren but it was JFK. Ninety eight. Ninety eight. But I didn't see anything about, about South Range not doing it. Yeah. Uh, about uh. Well, it's just that like they're just saying that they got that we don't like Liberty does not stand a chance at all at the, going to this game. Uh, it's I I generally think that these guys don't know what's coming for them because even though they're they're. They got all around weapons and all that, but also their the schedule didn't really impress me at all. Uh, so, Phil, uh, I just want to dive into a couple of facts uh, before we dive into a little bit more of this. Uh, since 2017, uh, both of our squads are 40, 47 and 13. Uh, both of our squads have made four playoff appearances. Both have one regional championship. Uh, the last time in 2017 was actually the last time that South Range made it to the semifinals, uh, in which they lost to Eastwood, uh, which on to which went on to lose uh, in the state championship game. But you know that was the last time they went there. The last time that we were in the state semifinal four was in 2018. Shout out to our boys in the room that were on that team. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, so you know and. So it just seems like these teams are, are really playing good down the stretch. Both teams are coming in really hot, really explosive. When you look at the offensive stats on a larger scale rather than individually, uh, you kind of see the same numbers offensively. A, a lot of points, a lot of yards, chunk plays. I'm pretty sure both of the receivers average over 20 yards of reception, uh, the big play receivers. You know, the slot guy, like I said in the preview, is a little bit, a little bit more used in the slants in the screen game, you know, like to get the big guys deep in the one-on-one coverage. So, uh, you know, I just thought that those statistics were interesting. And uh, like Coach Barrett said, you know, Hall of Fame coach, been there for 28 seasons. I think he's like 240-something uh, and 76 or something. That might even be undermining it. Check that out. It's it's, it's good stuff. Inducted into the Ohio High School Football Hall of Fame. So, um, you know, they're, they're going to come in hungry. Liberty's going to come in hungry. I think this is going to be, gonna be just a, a smash-mouth football game. I mean, they South Range likes to run it. Dual-threat quarterback, two big running backs they can give the ball to. Uh, it's it's going to be a battle. I mean, we're going to have to come ready to play. Absolutely. Both teams. Absolutely. And uh, personally, I uh, just – against the – against Elmwood, that was probably our most – most mistakes we've made all season long and still came up with the W. Uh, Riley and I were yelling, <laughs> were yelling over the special teams thing. Uh, it, like I said, though, we played sloppy, but we still came up with a win. So, um, like we, like Phil and I went over through in the preview, uh, said that they're just going to work those kinks out in practice all week and uh, just come ready prepared for Friday. You know, you know, we talked a little bit about our analysis on the Elmwood game. You know, Scott, I'd like to throw, you know, a little bit of these questions at you. Um, you know, you called the game on Friday night. You've seen some of the way that things were developing, maybe with the momentum. You know, it gets gets on Elmwood's side, and then Liberty makes a big play and takes it right back. Um, you know, uh, give a little bit of what your analysis was. on. You know, we talked about the turnovers, but maybe maybe some things that people didn't see. Uh, on in your opinion, uh, the obviously the big things we talked about, you know, everybody's kind of covered that. But maybe some things that we didn't see, you know, you call the game and you get a little bit more of the technical stuff, which I love, by the way, you and Spike do a great job. Uh, you know, so talk a little bit maybe about that. Well, a couple things that I took away from that game, uh, and that I look forward to this, you know, the South Range game. You know, 
their offensive scheme, the way they play offense, you know, where they spread the field, which opened up the running game for a very prolific running back. But they also had a dual threat quarterback that I think was effective in the run game. I think what you're going to see this week, very similar, this this Bill, this Billy Skripik is a guy that is much more into running the football. Like last week, I think that quarterback was a throwing quarterback. I think this week is a running quarterback. But what I took away from our performance last week, in particular on defense, they made us bleed. I mean, they made us bleed on offense. You know, And I think that they made us bleed in the perimeter. They had better matchups, in my view, although we've had great defensive back play. I think we really struggled to handle their weapons on the perimeter. They had some physical receivers. They had receivers that got down the field, that stretched you vertically. They blocked. They had great hands. They were very athletic. I see a lot of characteristics um, in the same characteristics in South Range as I did last week. You know, they've got a very good quarterback. They've got excellent receivers. And this week we see a, a slot receiver that does a variety of things. And I tried to kind of come up with like his NFL comp or something. And I think a Cooper, you know, Cooper Cup or something like that. Always open, athletic, you know, again, really, really can hurt you in the open field. I think that's what I saw last week with a little bit of power out of the backfield. I also felt like, yeah, we, we saw turnovers and we did some things on offense, but and I try to compare and contrast what I, what I took away from last week to what I'm going to see this week. This, this Canfield South Range team will, will smash you in the head. Their guys up front are very physical people. They like to block. They get, they climb to the second level. You know, they stay engaged. They win a lot of physical battles. Elmwood did not do that to us. Their whole run game and their effectiveness on, in the running side of the, like the quotient was their running back found holes on, in, in a spread type offense. They went four and five wide all night. Where I think you'll see a little bit less five and you'll see more three by one, three by three by two with a, with a wing. Excellent blockers. So I think Canfield much better blockers straight up. So I also kind of felt like last week we dominated the run game. But I think defensively, we really, I think, showed a lot of vulnerabilities. And if I was a Canfield coach tonight, if I was South Range, you know, there were a lot of things that showed up on film that Liberty got pressured and stressed. And I think that, you know, outside of the turnovers, like for a Tanner Klein, to me, that hit was a huge part of the second half late in that game. We turned them over. That's when the momentum, Phil, you talk about momentum, that's when it flipped. Because I thought this day, that game was a 50-50 game. They were very effective on offense. We were outstanding in the run game. Not as good in the pass game because we didn't have to do that. This week, I think we'll need all of our weapons. So Elmwood showed, in my view, a lot of vulnerabilities on defense. And, you know, we blow, blew a big coverage for a big touchdown. I mean, there's a lot of stuff to think through when you have that good of a wide receiving core coming at you and a quarterback that's got a lot of poise that can stand there and let his receivers do what they're going to do. So this week, you'll see the same thing. This guy we're going to see this week has a better arm and likes to run the ball better. And they were very effective in that spread run game last week. Yeah, and I think you make... I think you make a really good point with, you know, the turnover with Tanner Klein, and then I Huge. also want to mention Waylon Rents, another one uh, knocking the ball loose as well on one of those plays. And you know, we talk about the young guys and the subs all the time. That Coach Moeller and the staff do a really nice job of getting younger guys in and getting big minutes. And we were talking before we came on here about Xander Zider being in the game uh, on that last series in the first two plays. Uh, doing a nice job giving some of his guys a break. And, and I think some of that goes a little bit unnoticed. 
you know, Seth, I kind of want to throw a little bit of the same question at you. You know, where, you know, where did you see some things that, you know, what was a little bit of what your analysis was uh, on the Elmwood Liberty game last week, uh, according to where you were standing or, because I don't think they, very they many actually, of us were sitting, I'll tell you that. They, they were actually right, right below me and we were like probably like four to six rows. They were right, we were right <laughs> probably below. probably going to hear us. Oh yeah, oh yeah, easily. <laughs> um, Actually, I was sitting right in front of a... Uh, the camera? No. Well, yeah, that too. But no, an Eastwood uh, parent from the previous week that... Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's what we can't have nice things. Back to the future. You think you're a special guest? You can just come in here and yeah. go around ringtones yeah. and stuff? <laughs> the, very, the very, very special guest, that I might add. That was a preview of what you're about to say. Unbelievable. <laughs> Thanks. All right, anyways, go but ahead, Seth. The Eastwood father was saying how um, Elmwood could stop the wing tee, and for, uh, I don't know, a quarter and a half, almost the whole first half, they, they did a really good job, and we didn't find, find many holes, but then... Second half came. Second half came around, and we started wearing them down, and, um, you know, I, I, I don't know. I, I just think our... I, I don't know if it's depth, but our... Um, what would the word be? I mean, your, condi- your conditioning, conditioning, you know. Morale, conditioning? Uh, yeah. Uh, we don't have Discipline, a lot of patience. Depth, but, yeah, we had patience, and Coach Muller kept pushing it. Yes. And we kept running the zero ones and Zero one trap for the win. Four fives, and, and, you know, ended up yeah. working out. I think one thing, too, if I may add that to Phil, because I think that's a great question there, is that in in Elmwood's, you know, DNA, there were Otsego coaches. Meaning these two coaching staffs had a couple, three, four. There was a big connection there. There was. And if you, what was our toughest game of the year, guys? At Seagull. Why? Zero. Their back seven played off tackle and really ran to the ball really well. When you watch this Canfield team and you watched how, you know, Elmwood probably wasn't the same athleticism or physicality that South Range will bring this week. And the, you know, because they're running, they're, they're defensive backs, corners, and safeties run and hit. Okay, Otsego's defensive backs ran and hit and stick. Great point. We got really good at zero one late in that game because they took away off tackle, wide traps, anything on the perimeter because those defensive backs were very comfortable outside in. So I think this South Range game looks very similar to what we saw against Otsego. And I thought Elmwood would do more of that, but you're right. The second half, zero one, inside okay. dive, they, they opened up. In the center, and that's bread and butter for zero one. Love that. Yeah, you're gonna play even front against us. You're gonna pay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Didn't they go six man front? I think they, the end of the game. Well, they started getting beat so badly they were really trying to find a combination. But you know, you watch them early, you know, and I think that they were trying to run their basic three man odd man front, and mm-hmm. they just couldn't find any rhythm with that. Either could Coldwater because we just dove Coldwater to death. I mean, you start seeing, and you love that. You see. A, a three, three, five, and you're going to dive that. And we're so quick off the ball. Tyler Lay, you know, Seth Softer. Navar, Tanner Klein. Bockelman. Those that zero one. Those Bachelman and Box are phenomenal on those. In my, in my view, off tackle. But man, that zero one is all. Over it's all Paul Amstutz and the center with Tanner Klein's phenomenal, mm-hmm. and Tyler Lay's phenomenal, and Navar phenomenal. We have a great. Group of people in that zero one game, and that's where we got it last week. I would like to know though, because coming from that Eastwood father, Elmwood had seen four to five wing T offenses through the year. Well, Dalda was in the playoffs. There was one, and then right. uh, 
you know, Tenor also was one of those teams that ran a little right. bit of it, I'd too. I'd like to so. know how many uh, South Range has seen. You know, how many that's what I, that's, I, I don't know. That's, I actually wonder that, too, saying, to be honest you know, with you. For that's what I've been saying. Because yeah. the, the only stuff I was able to find on South Range really was their huddle highlights. And mainly, there was not that much defensive ones. I don't know if that was deliberate or that just they just do only show their offense. Um, I... And I never was able to find their defensive style, but uh, Scott, did you got anything on that on their defense? Well, what style? I what what I see when I watch film on Huddle, which I've watched quite a bit this week, mm-hmm. and what I, what I see out of them is a, a guys up front that can play two gap responsibility, meaning they mm-hmm. can get forward and they can maintain and stymie offensive blocks. Now, I think that we are very good, you know, getting down, belly down, second level. I think we're, we're really good there, but these guys are very physical. And I, they're very physical at the point of attack. Their second level, I don't see the same kind of linebacking core that we have at Liberty. I think that's where we we don't talk a lot about our second level guys, mm-hmm. but where I think they're, where they're really really good is their athleticism. These unblocked guys coming at you and filling holes. They're like that second, almost like a second linebacker, safeties and corners. So they shut they shut down a really good Perry team last week. But to Phil's point, they, that was a spread team. You know, they were able to get some blitzes done, come off the edge unaccounted for. This week, we're going to account for those people. You know, Casey, Nick Miller, who's a phenomenal offensive line coach, Paul Amstutz. I think even though they've got a Hall of Fame coach, I think our coaching staff is as good as it gets in the state of Ohio in terms of prep. Mm -hmm. And our guys like to hit. So, to Phil's point, I think you might see... What? Canfield get hit in the mouth a few times. They may not have been hit like we're going to hit them. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you know what their base defense is? Like a 4-4, 3-4, 4-3? Four, 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 I, I, what I've yeah, seen yeah, so yeah, far is I've seen a lot of odd-fronted three-man base, but that's mm-hmm. going up against you know spread a lot team, of spread, spread teams, spread which teams. is what we do. We play that 3-3 three, three stack-ish. Yep. Yep. My guess is you'll see a little bit more even-fronted stuff, but we're so good in that trap game. To your point, which is a great point, um, when you see that center uncovered like Coldwater, just you know, we were able to sneak and do all kinds of things, dive that, dive those holes. But I think this week you might see a four plus one mm-hmm. somewhere against a wing or something. Yeah, uh, during uh, from the beginning of the season all the way leading up into Elmwood, uh, from we had Port Clinton, uh, Liberty Benton, Benton, and Coldwater. All their defensive fronts were four four split. And uh, every single time, Riley, Phil, and I always talked about this before we started going live on our game days for those episodes. Uh, we knew right from the get-go that our run game was going to be unstoppable because uh, you never, from my knowledge, I've never seen a 4-4 split defensive style ever stop the wing tee ever because it was on full display against Liberty Benton, Port Clinton, and well, Cold water. And what if I told you that we actually ran for more yards on Friday night than we did again in any other game in the playoffs this year? I think really? halftime adjustments had a lot. Yeah, the big, yeah, the big, t- yeah. Oh yeah, we talked about that too well, and and I, during <coughs> halftime. And the patience, by the way, don't let that. Oh yeah, the that's a patience oh, and a discipline in the run game that Casey and and I think Nick Miller is a run game coordinator type. Mm-hmm. Like, let's just stay with this man. It's there. We're a block and a half away. We're a half man away, and we found it and really exploited yep. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think. To your guys' point, Seth and and, uh, and Scott, you know, you guys talked about wearing them down, wearing them down. You know, Matt, we saw him with the 56-yarder on the second play from scrimmage. Uh, but the big runs kind of slowed up for him. And then we saw the fourth quarter, and he had runs of 31, 38, 15, 11. Uh, just really able to get to second level quickly. And I think one thing that I'd like to get your guys' take on before we 
do some move on a little bit, but um, is how well that not only the backs, but how well that Zane carries out his fakes after the play. You know, some of those quick hitters, uh, Cole and CJ, I'd like to get this opinion from you as well. You know, as a guard, I believe you played guard. Center, but yeah, yeah. Okay, so th- this is right up your alley. Mm-hmm. You know, you get some of those quick hitters, uh, and, and then some of those fakes are carrying out. I saw Coldwater one time, they actually tackled Matt on one of those type plays. Uh, so I I think that kind of goes unnoticed a little bit. The fakes that we carry out from Zane to Matt to Colton to Chambers who comes off the end, it's just always just a little something to think about. So I, I want to get your guys' take on that. Absolutely. I mean, I think everyone does their job very well. You know, sometimes when I was in school, people got away with, you know, it's on that side, let's go, let's just not do it kind of thing. Like some people got away with not getting out their fakes. Um, I think Zane does his job very well every play whether it's carrying out your fake or you know just getting the ball to who he needs to get the ball to so um i would like to see a lot of keeps because last week i saw a keep that they didn't even they didn't even look at zane i thought if he would have kept it it would have been a touchdown i I was like i want to see some of that next week so we'll see but i mean if they can't stop the run they can't stop the run you know what i mean To, to build on that guys i think one thing to keep in mind is that Elmwood was not predicated on playing defense. That's not what they do. They play a lot of offense. I think they would argue, you know, if you're in a coach's meeting with their staff, <laughs> they, I think, allocate a lot of time and resources on offense. And, man, were they effective on offense. Mm-hmm. I don't think they allocate the type of commitment or culturally they were not a defend, known as a defensive team, although they had done a good job against a one-dimensional Eastwood team the week before. We are not one-dimensional. Mm-hmm. And to the fake piece, which I think is a huge, has always been all, all the way back to Tim Spies. Um, I think Tim Spies was a remarkable coach in terms of discipline, in terms of the way the offensive line climbed to the second level. They never took a playoff on the backside. And I think our running backs people, and through Rex Lindgren, you know, with the arm pads and some of the different deceptive things that we did, you guys in '97 were phenomenal fake fakers. But when you're such a impact player in the run game, like Zane Zider is, anything that he does, I don't know that they're spying on Zane, but man, he is a primary concern for the defense. So this week, I think South Range knows ten is a massive part of what we're doing. Whether it's off tackle, whether it's on the outside, Zane has the power to run inside. So. To your point, and Phil, that's a great point. If we're disciplined in our assignments and disciplined on carrying out fakes, that takes safeties. You you played in the in the back end. You knew what your keys were, and you had to make sure you were right in the run game for your run fits. That could be a huge part of this week. Has Canfield South Range seen the kind of discipline and cultural kind of evolution of our running backs? It's not just running and breaking tackles. It's not just cutting back. It's not just blocking downfield. Our offensive line is phenomenal blocking downfield, but it's, it's carrying out fakes. And with uh, South Range. South Range. South Range. South the Cougars from NLL. Savannah <laughs> uh, Southview. Oh, man, I forgot what I was going to say. <laughs> sorry. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> I, had a, I had a pizza coma here. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Well, and I, I just, oh, yeah, we, still got Seth, we still got Seth. Well, I'll throw this at you. Well, you know, you guys talk about how good Matt and Colton are. You know, I think Elmwood spent so much time 
trying to stop those guys, they kind of almost forgot about Zane in the running game. Yeah, and, and there and was a few times that he kind of just sprung f- oh, free and got to the second nice. level untouched. You watch Zane, and he's maybe he's not the fastest player on the field, but he looks like the fastest. Well, maybe, oh, yeah, but maybe he is. Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. His zero his, to sixty is pretty insane. He's got three here. gears, stick. He's got three gears. I mean. If you watch him, he's patient Ooh, level one. Patient. He's he's got a little burst, and then he's a finisher, man. He's a finisher. Yeah, in, ba- in baseball, when they had him steal bases, he, it was always the steal was always on, no matter what, yeah. no matter what it was. Green light. He was a green light guy. Yeah, he was always green light. He always yeah, Zider always ha- gave him the green light, and you knew he was going to go. You just didn't know what pitch he was going to go. He was going to go. Yeah, no. Zane and I have talked about it. Like last year, he was. Hesitate a little bit doing some of the side to side stuff, but now it's one cut and go, mm-hmm. and he's by far the most explosive player on the field. But you can't take I, that away. Well, yeah, but as far as the other running backs and Zane too, they break a tackler too. Colton, even um, yeah, his size, most people are not used to seeing that at all. Right, and Trenton too, maybe and mm-hmm. to a lesser extent doesn't get it as much, and Matt. Um, they break tackles. The line wants to block for you. Mm-hmm. You know they that pumps the line up. You know yeah. whether it's one tackle, half tackle, two tackles. Zider's not like the main danger right. that they look. And hammetry. The secret weapon. Secret weapon. <laughs> <laughs> the secret weapon. Yep. Yeah. Well, I, you never can give Sorry. up on you never can give up on these plays, CJ. You are so right because our guys will break tackles, and you have seen on many occasions where Tyler Lay. Or, or Tanner Klein, or even our big tackles are 40 and 50 yards downfield. That's the key to home run plays in the run game. It's not the talented running back per se, no. but it is the downfield blocking that we're getting at all levels. It is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, the one play that Riley and I, we went kind of crazy about when uh, oh, the, yeah. the, ham, the Hammond tree mm-hmm. wide open, the wide, wide open. <laughs> Hammetry's gonna go right down the middle. Like, acknowledge him going. Because uh, Phil, you mentioned in the preview, yeah. uh, <laughs> when we set Matt, in, set when motion. we set Matt in motion, motion, mm-hmm. and uh, two guys. Well, you said two guys. No, it was they them? had a choice. You either send out the linebacker and leave the DB cover, or you send out the DB to cover and you leave the linebacker over in his zone to help cover. And, and guys, you know who's making that play call? The guys in the booth upstairs. Oh, yeah, I mean, right. Todd Spangler, oh, fantastic Ryan job. Ryan Miller. Ryan Miller. You've the got legendary Paul Amstutz. Paul Amstutz <laughs> is up there. And I'll tell you another little secret weapon that no one knows about that maybe you do know about. Rex Miller's helping them in the huddle kind of videography part of this deal. Rex he, Miller? Yeah, it's Rex Miller's really. up there. He is brilliant. Now, I mean, Wait, guys, what? Guy Ryan's, Ryan's brother. Ryan's brother. That, that, that's skinny Brian Miller. <laughs> that's another guy. Another guy that no one talks oh, about. Right, true. He's an offensive guru with a former head coach at Archbold, Archbold who really was excellent in the quarterback run game. Mm-hmm. Guys, I think you guys know this. We are freaking loaded <laughs> on this coaching staff intellectually. Yeah. The yes. IQs of these guys, and not all of them even like me or like everybody here in this table. It doesn't matter. These guys. Going to these games like they are robotically prepared. That is a huge advantage that I don't know if South Range, that's what that touchdown is all about. People go, well, why aren't you targeting, you know, the secret weapon, Aiden Hammondtree? We don't target people, man. These are schemes and these are getting, they're plays. You know, yeah, we want to target Stick when he played because he was pound for pound, in my view, 
the greatest Liberty Center football player that's ever walked. Seth Atkinson. That's me. I could be wrong. That's me. <laughs> but we don't target individuals. We look at plays, and Phil, you you nailed it. They look. They saw some motion. They saw them respond. I and mean, that's why you get that wide open. Right, right when that ball was snapped, immediately Riley, Easy. Riley Money. and I are screaming, "He's open!" And that ain't He's the third. Open! That ain't the third time you've all, seen that. That's mm-hmm. all developed with the effectiveness of the running game. You know, if you're if you're not effective in the running game, they send a linebacker out there to trust. Hey, we're gonna do one on one with a uh, uh, a running Ten. back. You trust your matchup there, uh, and leave the DV safety top over the hell. And to that and, point, though, we really weren't effective. To that point, I mean, we were. They had to respect. We were, dri- they were, we were driving. It. They were. We were respecting it. Yeah. But they were stuffing it for three yards. Yeah. Three yards. Three yards, and then, boom. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Kind of turned. Kind of turned the tide, and you know, we talked about turnovers and stuff like that, and you know, we kind of forced two of our own. You know, Scott mentioned Tanner's fumble and. You know, me with Wayland's fumble, so we did a lot of nice things there to be able to come back from some of those mistakes. Uh, and when you only allow, you know, two or you allow three turnovers, one score off those twice, and you end up on inside your own twenty-five yard line. So good things yeah, there. I don't think we would have been here if we if they would have scored on those, took advantage of those three fumbles. No, yep. And, and, and they didn't fumble either. The, the defense gave up it some points. But in, in all reality, you know, when we when we needed them and called upon them, they did their job and mm-hmm. they, they did it well. So, so uh, right, before Phil? before we get into uh, our predictions and our keys to victory here, um, I was unable. I, I forgot about Thanksgiving week and our AD had his baby, so uh, I was unable to get in contact with Coach Moeller this week. Um, so hopefully for our next episode, regardless of what it is, uh, we'll get in touch with him. But I was able to uh, get an interview with Dave Kleck. Uh, and we were able to talk about some stuff with the Liberty game. We were able to talk about some of the New Bremen LCC game. And I want to play uh, what we talked about uh, as far as the Liberty and the South Range game before we go into it. So here is that stuff. And joined now on the End Zone Militia by the voice of Henry County Sports. Dave Kleck has joined us here. Dave, thank you for taking some time out of your busy schedule uh, to join us, you know, kicking off girls basketball and boys basketball and rounding out the playoffs. We appreciate your time, and thank you for joining us. Hey, this is a fun time of year. Love following playoff football. It's, uh, you know, that sudden death kind of uh, atmosphere when when you lose, you're done, so everybody's fighting hard to move on. You know, you look ahead to uh, on Friday night, the game at Clyde, the region, uh, or the semifinal in uh, Division 5, Liberty Center against South Range, both teams coming in at 14-0. and uh, Talk a little bit about uh, maybe what you know about South Range, uh, maybe a little bit about what Liberty Center needs to do here to be able to uh, have a chance to win this game. Well, South Range is a real balanced team, uh, no doubt about it. They're averaging almost 43 a game. Their defense is stout. They're giving up just under nine points per ball game, and you're getting into Liberty Center-type stats with that kind of defense. They've got no 1,000-yard rusher. Their top guy, Blake Ewart, has about 830, but the quarterback has over 500 yards rushing, Billy Skripik. Um, but he's also a guy that's thrown for over 2,400. So a, a lot of balance to this team. So you can't load up, you know, to stop the run. You can't, uh, you know, pack the secondary. But Liberty Center's defense is built to handle both because they only put 
three in the box, you know, to, to put the heat on the quarterback. So I think Liberty Center's defense will be ready to, to hold down this offense. Now, I've heard they have a terrific slot receiver. Uh, two of the receivers, I think, to mention are a guy named Shane Lindstrom. He's got almost 1,000 yards in receptions, 12 TDs. But another guy is J.D. Krause. Uh, this is a guy that has seven TDs. And you say, well, that's not that many, but he gets 25 yards a catch. So when he, when he hauls it in, it's usually a big play. So those are the guys to watch the quarterbacks, you know, got great quarterback. He's got great TD to interception numbers, 29 TDs, only three interceptions. So uh, a lot of balance is what I see when I see uh, South range. Yeah, and I think it's a good point that you mentioned. You know, both of those receivers, I looked, both uh, over six foot, I think six two, about 185, and then six two, about 200 pounds. Uh, you know, the one receiver that had 12 touchdowns, I believe, was the receiver. And then the other one you mentioned, I believe, is more of a tight end type. Uh, and then you mentioned the slot receiver, you know, very fast, very effective, uh, you know, kind of uh, what we've seen you know, the last couple weeks, and, you know, Elmwood did a fantastic job, and, you know, you you mentioned Liberty Center's defense uh, really got stops uh, when they needed to, despite a, a very potent offense from Elmwood. Oh, that's for sure, and they, they got help from some turnovers, too, and, you know, when you talk turnovers, you can talk about, you know, is the hit the factor there? Did you... You know, hit them when they weren't expecting, and all those come into play when turnovers start uh, coming into play. But how about Liberty Center's ability to overcome their own turnovers? They, you know, they had had three fumbles uncharacteristically, but the defense goes on the field and stuffs Elmwood twice. That was really huge. I know Coach Muller spoke about that right away uh, as two big factors that uh, helped Liberty Center win that game. Yeah, I think that's a great point, Dave. And, you know, kind of going on uh, with a little bit of the Liberty Center stuff here, you know, you've seen, uh, you know, you've seen the game early on. You see Natsigo, you know, you, you watch us play against Archibald. Uh, I think both of your, both of you, or you had the game, uh, the call for both of those games. And now you're seeing us here uh, last, uh, last week against Coldwater, impressive game. And then Friday night against Elmwood, uh, you know, uh, talk about, you know, for maybe for the next 45 to a minute about how the team has progressed and where you've seen them and how they've evolved and, and maybe some areas that you think that they've really improved on uh, since week three or week five. I'm going to start with offense, and I really like the evolution of two things, the the ability of the offense to add more wrinkles uh the tight end throw to Aiden Hammontree huge against Elmwood and uh, coach Muller talked about manipulating their defense by putting a guy in motion to get that safety out of there so Hammontree could take it all the way Colton Cruz has turned into a, a those are two tough backs now. It isn't just Matthew Orr. You've got two 1,000-yard rushers, and it's not a two-headed monster. It's three-headed because Zane Zider's been there all year long, kind of the glue that uh, can get the running game going when they need a big play, or he hits the big pass when they need it, hitting four out of five. Uh, they don't throw much, but when they throw, it's usually for a first down or a touchdown. 
Yeah, I think that's a great point. The efficiency that Zane has been throwing with this year, especially towards the end of the year, like you said, a lot of first downs on his completions uh, when the ball is being put in the air. And I think one of his best passes of the season was to land and cruise on Friday night against Elmwood, who had kind of been jamming the receivers at the line to account for the running game uh, and land and cruise with a really nice fade route and Zane Zider with a beautiful ball to be able to hit him and and a very big point in that game uh, when they called Zider out of bounds on what would have been a touchdown run. So credit there to those kids for staying resilient and being able to score after what I've heard and saw myself seem like a a little bit of a controversial call there. It was a long way from where we were standing, but I I called it a touchdown too when I was calling it that night. But, uh, you know, when when South Range looks at Liberty Center's receivers, they're not going to be awed at all by uh, the leading receiver with 18 catches. Another guy with 16. The yardage is, you know, in the two and three hundreds. But these are guys that can turn uh, a catch into a big gain. It's what they can do after the catch that's pretty impressive, too, I think, for Liberty Center. Landon, uh, Colton Chambers. Um, anybody out of the backfield, I think we'll probably. I think you, you know, can't count out Matthew or either as a receiver uh, that could turn a play into something big. Maybe even a screen pass might be something to watch for as Liberty Center moves forward. Yeah, I think that's a good point. You know, kind of manipulating the defense a little bit. Uh, you know, moving forward a little bit. Oh, all right. Thank you for uh, Sir Dave Clegg, the voice of WNDH. And thank you, Phil, for uh, securing that interview with uh, Mr. Clack. Yeah, and uh, you guys, uh, there's about five or six minutes left in that interview. Uh, I'll post it on the Facebook page. We get into a little bit of New Bremen, uh, LCC game, Marion local stuff. And uh, he does finish talking about some Liberty Center stuff and and really has some nice comments. So I really, really encourage you uh, to check that out on our Facebook page. All right, so we're going to get on to the predictions. So, uh... We're going to start with Mr. Exclusive himself. What do you got for this game? Man, the final four for any team, it's going to be hard. It's going to be back and forth, back and forth, a bloodbath. But, oh, it's it's hard to choose a score on this. It truly is. Um, Both teams come in averaging about 40. 40 points Both teams averaging by giving up nine or less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. About the same, like, I mean, it's... I think it's going to be a lower-scoring game. I feel like there's going to be back and forth on turnovers, and then one team's going to get ahead, and then back and forth, back and forth. So I think I'm going to have to go with 28-21 to 21 to... for Liberty. All right. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, possession game. All right, Seth? Uh, boy, I don't know. I kind of like Riley. I wasn't ready to give it, but um, I think we're going to double them up. Double them up, all right. 32-16. 32-16. All right, all right. CJ? My prediction was way off last week. Hey, we were all wrong. Yeah, we, we were, were all wrong. wrong. Credit to Elmwood. We did yeah. not give them enough credit. They it was, were, it was were, a wake-up call. It was a solid football. For sure. Yeah, it was a wake-up call. Um. Absolutely. It's hard to say. It's either going to be close. I'm going to say close. I'm going to say 31-28. All right, all right. Phil? 
Well, I uh, I think this is uh, this is going to be a very very physical football game. Uh, I think it's it's going to be all at the line of scrimmage. All, all you know, we're going to see some over the top stuff. You know, they like to throw it over the top. Uh, you know, they have some speed. They have some explosive players. Uh, but you know, we have an explosive team. Uh, and in my opinion, I think you know, along with some of the stuff that Coach Barrett's been saying, I I think our coaching staff. Uh, has done a phenomenal job all year. You know, Coach Muller's been named Coach of the Year by everybody, and I think he'd be the first to tell you it'd be impossible without the assistance that he has on the staff. Uh, you know, one of the guys that we haven't really mentioned a lot, you know, Eric Weimer, and he reminds me a little bit of old school Coach Barry. You know, he's you know he he does really know he knows what the heck he's talking about, especially with the linebackers, but the intensity that he brings also from that level. Uh, you know, reminds me a lot of you. You're always very vocal. Uh, hands are clapping. You know, guys are doing a good job. You're making sure they know about it. I think that's crucial. Uh, and then, you know, I think 12th man's going to show out. I have Liberty Center winning this game 34-28. to 28. It's going to be a good game. Uh, we're going to see, like I said, we're going to see some explosive plays. Uh, I think we'll see... Some over-aggressiveness come into play as well on both sides. That might cost some teams. Mm -hmm. uh, so so that's my prediction. All right. Uh, for me, given last last week's game during Elmwood, uh, I said this to Riley, and I was like, dude, this game gives off Genoa vibes because back and forth, back and forth, all get fir first and second quarter, and then the third quarter and fourth, it turned into a defensive slugfest. And then it come down to the fourth quarter, uh, it came down to who wanted it more. And Troy Westoven, he called that. He did say that it was going to come down to the la to uh, who would want it more. Uh, and obviously Liberty wanted it more. Uh, I think this is going to, like all you guys have said, this is going to be a very physical game. It's going to be a slugfest. It's going to be awesome. I think it, this is going to be... 17-14, game-winning field goal, because I'm a person who loves high defensive games. I do not like high scoring. I hate it. I despise it. And I think it's spoiling. So, I, I, I'm going to go with a 17-14 Tiger victory. Uh, where the field goal comes in, I, I usually say game-winner, but I truly think it's not going to come down to a game-winner on this one. I think it's going to be come, come sometime early in the fourth quarter or something like that. And uh, and just defenses do defenses what they do. They just stiffen and just sh shut you down. So, uh, Scott, save the best for last. Yikes. I'm not sure that I can fit that bill. <laughs> you guys kind of nailed a bunch of stuff in there that I think makes sense. Let me be very clear. This South Range team can beat us, and they can beat us soundly. We could be looking at Saturday morning going, damn, that was that was kind of a they physically came in and, and did things against us that we didn't anticipate. And we know what we think they can do on offense. Now where I think so I think you could see South Range beating us 35-25. I think you could see a, a loss from Liberty. Mm -hmm. But I don't think you're gonna see that. Uh, rumor has it, conversation has it that Saturday morning when these guys broke film down, it was a very I don't want to use the word somber <laughs> but it was a focused, measured, mature locker room that was was lucky to escape, and Elmwood made them bleed all night long 
on on the defensive side, and that is what we are. We are a defensive football team. We love talking offense. Stick, you're one of the greatest offensive players of all time, and that's great. I remember those team '97 team. We got in the playoffs after Marion Pleasant. It was it was just rocked everybody. They would just push what butt you want, and they all worked. What we need to be aware of, in my view, is this South Range football team culturally. You look in the stands on their all 22 video, and they are loaded. It's culturally a football town. No matter what PH will tell you, it's not a football town. No matter what Elmwood would tell you, it's not a football town. Canfield South Range is a football town. Okay, so they've done this. Their football coach is is of the Rex Lindgren ish era. A lot of playoff appearances. Nothing scares this guy. These people are physical, way more physical than anybody that we're going to see, in my view, all year. Atsiga was really good in the back half, but we kind of got him up front. I think Canfield at South Range is as good at all three levels defensively as we're going to see all year. So I give it a great advantage to perseverance, character, our fantastic coaching staff. Stick maybe the point of the night. Halftime adjustments. We are A-plus, man. Those guys get right to it intellectually, and they have the right buttons and right adjustments. And their mid-game, third, fourth quarter stuff, we scored 21 points last week in the fourth quarter, guys. Yes, we have great players. Love Matthew Orr. Love our offensive line. I love all that. I tell you, Matt Bryan has put together some of the best defensive game plans that you will ever see. And I think Chris Riggie has made Zane Zider as a, a poised, mature, dual-threat quarterback. But I think what wins this football game is I think we have a little bit more. We have a little bit more of all the things I think make a winning program. You know, we top to bottom from coaching staff to special teams, I think we're a much we're a much more complete football team in my view. We can lose this game big, but we're going to win at 38-37. All right. All right. Very close. Very, Very close, close game. So Razor's what, edge. So is uh it's going to go for extra point block. What what do you got? Like, or, or just, or just well, you saw Emma last week. We we stiffened, mm-hmm. yep. to your point, we stiffened on the turnovers. We stiffened on the extra points. One point will matter Friday. Yep. One point will matter. And I, th- I think ultimately, if I may just finish my commentary. Go for it. If, in fact, Casey Moeller can pull off his best coaching uh, uh, game that we've seen maybe since Genoa. Genoa! I, I, I think what we might see is Liberty Center just... Just drain them. Just drain the clock. That Coldwater game that we we pulled off, we just we just possessed the ball away from their weapons. I think that's what Casey would want to do here. Let's not see how good Billy, you know, Skrupik is. Let's not see how good that number eleven Shane Lindstrom is. Let's let's not see that. Let's just bury them. Run the clock six yards at a time. And I think that's what I'm I'm expecting to see. All right. Uh, and also, Coach Moore gets to live his dream again, uh, practicing on Thanksgiving. And uh, CJ and um, Weaver, we both know the speech uh, at the beginning of the, uh, is it two days, at the beginning of two days, or is it at the beginning of the first day of camp, that he gives the, he gives us the speech of his dream to uh, practice on Thanksgiving morning. I think it was camp. Camp? I, I it might be. It might have been camp. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, every year, the first day of camp, he always says, guys, my one dream is every single year, Practicing on Thanksgiving morning. That is my dream. And after that, we just go we just get to work. So uh do we got anything else? Do we got anything else? Anything extra guys? 
The keys to victor. Oh yeah, so I forgot about that. Yes, yeah. I'm just gonna touch on special teams here for keys to victory. Um, obviously in the Elmwood game, we are the elements played a huge factor. Uh, going into this one, I don't think it's going to be as bad as it's, it's going, going to feel like summer compared to what it did. It's not as going to be as right. bad as last Friday. Uh, I truly think uh, special teams is going to play a key, uh, a very key role going to the final four because you don't ju- you don't just make it as a fluke. There's no way. If you do, then you got a magical horseshoe up your ass. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I had to say it. I had to. <laughs> hey, just ask the Giants about that one. Uh, so. If they just if either team pins each other inside the ten yard line, and Weaver, we saw this during the Ot Siegel game, uh, throughout the whole entire game, we were stuck inside of Ot Siegel's ten the almost the whole entire game, and it, and it played yeah, a big. We didn't even get to our red zone at all. It so paid. Okay. It paid. It, it played a very big role uh, throughout that game, and I truly think that's gonna give the opposing team uh, a long field, even though with all their weapons that they have and all that, but they still had to play against a very physical Liberty Center defense. And I was, and they're gonna wear down eventually. Someone's gonna wear. They're gonna wear down eventually. And I truly think if we give them a long field and just hit them over and over and over, uh, I think they will fold. CJ, you got anything for us? I think the biggest thing <clears throat> I was thinking earlier, bouncing back. You know, like last week. <clears throat> excuse me. You know, last week um, things went wrong, mm-hmm. and we ain't. We're not used to that. You know, honestly, like last. How many weeks before that, it was always running clock. It was for like two and a half months straight running clock. But we, things went wrong, and I'm like, okay, let's see how these guys can take that. And they bounced back. And it was actually amazing to see how they took it, and they're like, okay, let's do this. We can do this. You know what I mean? Like, I just think we got to see that this week, you know, things are going to go wrong against this Canfield South Range team. Things will go wrong. I think we got to see them bounce back. We're going to see them bounce back, and I think that that's, you know, who wants it more? I know you hit that earlier. I think that's, you know, the biggest thing here. Absolutely. Scott? Possess the football. Canfield South Reigns wants to run the ball. They're more run spread than Elmwood was, I think, throw spread. And then when they do catch the football, tattoo them. You know, I think Tanner Klein showed us a a blueprint. If you want to throw it around, good. Throw it. Someone's going to pay the price, and wide receivers and slot guys aren't as interested in getting blasted as maybe a running back, Mm. a tight end. So I just feel like possess the Liberty Center possesses the football very physically, runs the clock, limits the possessions, and then when when this very good offense gets it, hit them. I mean, really deliver a blow. Rex Ling would call this a body bag type thing. I mean, obviously that is strong language we don't use in today's game. <laughs> but someone needs to get hit. Skilled people need to go down. And we need to do it from snap number one. Number two and number five, number 58, need to lay some licks early in this game. That starts to happen, mm-hmm. and I think you start seeing the ball coming our way. Absolutely. Seth? Uh, to go along with CJ's point, this is the first time we, or last week was the first time we'd seen adversity all year, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Ot Siegel was what nine nothing. Nine nothing, yeah. Archibald was sixteen. Six sixteen nothing. But neither one even scored, right? So Elmwood put it put it on us, you know, and we were what down in the fourth quarter. Yep, going into the, going, the going into the fourth quarter, yep. and 
to me, that's the best thing that could have happened to us at this stage. Because um, it could happen this Friday. It could mm-hmm. happen, you know, well, let's just put it on this Friday for now. But, <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. You know, and it's just good that we, we saw that. We went through some turnover issues on special teams. But people also don't understand that's the hardest thing to do in football. To me, the hardest thing I ever did in football was return punts. That ball's up in the air. You're looking at a black sky. Everybody's yelling at you to catch the ball, right? Or, you know, and people don't get it unless they've done it. And it's it's tough. And he actually did catch them. Just kind of, it, but it was what? Feels like 12 degrees out? Yeah. Dry, right. I mean, dry ball. Dry ball for sure. Ball, yeah, absolutely. You know, and those guys are going to come back and play great this week. Mm-hmm. All right. Riley? Uh, I think the only thing I have is probably mistakes. Because mm. now we can't have any. Absolutely. Like during the regular season, we can have like one or two, and then they'll go over it in film. You can't go over in film in the playoffs. So I think it, you, we just have to have a perfect game. Yep. Uh, definitely do not want we, what we had on our, I believe, with our second drive against Elmwood. Uh, when when Elmwood. If we do our mistakes like yeah. what we did last game, I don't think we're winning the game. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Phil? Uh, my keys to victory, kind of to go along with what Seth and CJ said, uh, but I think it's more of how we bounce back on their scores. Um, they're going to have a high potent offense, they're going to score some points. Uh, we can't get down on ourselves. You know, you can't get, you can't get complacent. Got to stick to what you're doing. Trust your process. All that good stuff. You know, don't go away from what's working and don't panic. Uh, it's uh, you know, bouncing back. I think is a good word. You know, how are we going to handle the touchdowns? You know, you can't get frustrated. You got to accept. Hey, you know, we're we're in the final four. Teams are going to score some points, mm-hmm. uh, and you got to come back from that. And uh, like I've been saying uh, for the last four weeks, man, twelfth man, um, the crowd, unbelievable, unbelievable crowd. In that weather atmosphere and that setting, uh, to be able to come out and show out like that once again, crowd up on its feet after third down. Uh, when we took a knee at when the game was officially over, out of reach. When we took a knee, it I mean it erupted on that side of the Perrysburg stands, and it was great to see. I expect to see that again. Uh, you know, we've been spoiled with travel a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. an hour and fifteen minutes is pretty close, in my opinion, for a state semifinal game. So I expect to see another great crowd. Uh, and it's going to be fun. It's going to be a battle, and man, I, man, I can't wait. I think any of us can't wait. It's going to be game. fun. And uh, before we end, I do want to get your guys' take. You guys have been through a lot of Liberty Center football. Seth and Scott, you guys have been through a lot of Liberty Center football. Where do you guys compare? I know we don't like to compare teams a lot, but you know, where do you guys put the 2022 class among your rank of teams? You know, Seth, you're part of the state championship team. You know, Scott. Part of a lot of really, really, really good teams in the coaching staff here at Liberty, uh, and Rex has great runs. So, I'd like to get your opinion on both of that before we wrap up. I already know Seth's answer. Number one, I already know. No, 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 I no. already know. You know, that's the kind of the fun thing about it. You, I mean, he, my my son comes home and tells me that this team had kill us, you know. <laughs> <laughs> no, Heath would never say anything like that. <laughs> yeah, that's Heath, but. Uh, I don't know. That's that's what makes it fun. You'll, you'll never know that, you know. Right. You can't just suit it up and play, but you can put on the film and say, "Ooh, this guy was better. That guy's better." But you know, this is a great team, and I'm I'm happy and I'm excited um, that you know my kid's part of the team. Uh, it's kind of fun too. So, um, but yeah, I, I you can't say. And then you know what? Eighty-eight, 
88 didn't get a, a chance. Um, 96 didn't get a chance. Uh, 97 was lucky enough, and, and we went through and, and did it. So, you know, you know it, it, we'll see. Hard to deny what 97 did, starting with Marion Pleasant and, you know, I think rectifying in destructive fashion against Patrick Henry. <laughs> just got no sweeter than that. Apple Creek, Lanedale, you know, Amanda Clear Creek, did, did, you know, and, and there was some phenomenal players on those teams. You know, Andy Silvis being one of them, just a just a, these kind of players, just you just don't have them in our program. Oftentimes, great teams are defined by great players and phenomenal coaches. You had Rex Lindgren and Andy Silvis with all that talent. A ninety-seven, the ninety-nine team was phenomenal. I, I think there was a defective, in my view, a defective defensive game plan in ninety-nine. Had we tightened that up, that team wins everything. Um, the two thousand team. Wow, I mean, yeah. outside of a fumble, what they accomplished from the goal line to the nine or the eleven, you know, Westover and I talk about that all the time. When you have a program so rich in tradition and deeply rooted in so much lore, it's really difficult to to pick out a team. And I agree with you, Stick. But this this team here, it belongs in that class. It belongs. The phenomenal players on this team and the beyond phenomenal coaching staff. You know, you don't have a Rex Lindgren kind of Hall of Fame guy yet. Casey is on the road. But their full built-out staff is remarkable, and they do such a great job. So, Phil, that's a great. It's the greatest question that you can ask. Where do these guys fit? They fit. <laughs> I don't know that I could say they're better, but they belong now in some of those tremendous 80, the 80 team, the 65 team. There were teams that were hard ass liberty center football teams man that you just did not want to deal with they had some dudes man this team's got some dudes on it and that's why we're here all right all right with that being said i'm your host isaiah markle i'm your co-host the stats guy the snowman uh, mr exclusive riley weaver cj <laughs> <laughs> i got a nickname <laughs> say it Seth. Atkinson. Scott Barrett. And this is Endzone Militia. Weaver King. Oh. <laughs>